On this special episode of Resi Week, we talked to Daryl Friedman, Ted Green, and Joe Whitaker about Cedia elections. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Welcome to this special episode of Resi Week. This is, uh, as I said, a special episode wrapping up some fancy news and stories from the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my longtime friends. First, we have Mr. Daryl Friedman. He is the CEO of Cedia. How are you doing, Daryl? A little under the weather, but I'm hoping my voice is going to hold out for this podcast. Then we have Mr. Ted Green. He's the founder of strategy.com. How are you doing, Ted? Doing great and uh, happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. And last but not least, we have Mr. Joe Whitaker. He's the vice president of biz development at Origin Acoustics. How are you doing, Joseph? Uh, very good. Glad to be uh, dragged into what's going to be a, a fun-filled show. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to say dragged in off the start. Come on. All right. <clears throat> what? What Joseph is alluding to is if you're in the resi space and you're at all connected to Cedia uh, as an organization, you probably got an email last week uh, from Mr. David Weinstein, the chairman of the board, outlining uh, some, some changes to the board election process and what that slate is looking like. Subsequently, there was a bunch of the typical, we'll say, um, Facebook group postings and WhatsApp group things and all the other stuff that gets bounced around anytime literally anything happens at the association. Um, and then, of course, Ted wrote a really good article outlining some of the concerns that people had as far as how these changes were enacted, how they were done. And then uh, there was, of course, some some questions about bylaws, which were obviously answered in the the, the bottom of the article. Um, which I love the way you force people to read through the whole stink of thing. I like it. Um, it's my job. I know. I, I'm applauding you. It was great. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there was even more social stuff up until social stuff that I was reading literally right before this podcast. So we're going to get into a ton of that. Uh, we're going to talk to Ted about uh, the the article. We're going to talk to Daryl about what the association is doing and why. We're going to talk to Joe for generic feedback and he's been in this forever um i might throw a sense or two in we'll see uh but first of all just before we get into that i am going to call out one thing and one thing only for the time being i love the discourse that this has caused it's great to see people engage it's great to see people talking about this that's making me really happy what frustrated me was a couple of people taking pot shots at the chairman, the vice chair and Daryl for that matter, um, in a personal level, which isn't right. So if that was you and you can read through the comments, you know who you are. Don't stink and do that. A it's unprofessional. B it doesn't get us anywhere closer and C it kind of makes us disregard everything else you wrote. So you may have had a good point, but as soon as it turns into a personal attack, 
I know American politics is really big on that these days. We're big on that up here now too. See, I can add a comedy act into this as well. Um, but don't do that. That, that, that takes away from the discourse and doesn't let us have a good conversation about what we're actually trying to talk about. So with that out of the way, uh, and you can send your hate mail directly to me on that. That's perfectly fine. Daryl, I, I, I want to start with you on this. Um, the email went out. I, I think it threw a lot of people off because they weren't expecting this. And in, in, in hindsight, in retrospect, I think you could have made the assumption that something was coming because typically that slate is announced before Expo comes up. Obviously, this is your first year going through this, being the new CEO, but typically we know that slate at Cedia, there's a lot of glad handing and the normal things that happen in the, the typical format of uh, board elections um, that just didn't happen this year. But talk about, um, if you can, why we why we changed direction, where that stemmed from, and what it what it means for the future. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, I think, you know, for me as the CEO of Cedia, it's all about engagement, membership engagement. And let me say from the start, the members are very engaged in a lot of areas and advocacy and workforce development or committees, standards, education. But there's one area where our members are just have been historically disengaged, and that's the board elections. In the last election, 200 people cast votes. Now, this is a membership of almost 4,000 members today. So having 200 people determine who's on the board, it's just, uh, it doesn't represent the will of the membership. So the board was looking for a different direction. Maybe there's a better way to do this. And they looked at inside and outside the organization to see kind of what else has been done. Outside the organization, many associations do a slate approach. And inside the organization, um, CDA itself had tried this slate approach, which resulted in many great board candidates. So just looking at that lack of engagement with 200 people voting, it didn't feel right to have those, you know, we wanted to have a level playing field for all the nominations. Now, I just want to add, this was a, what I'm told was a record year for people submitting nominations for the board. And that's a good thing. People want to get involved mm -hmm. with CDA again. We're excited about that. But to have a level playing field for these two dozen people who were interested in being served, we couldn't just have one twentieth of the membership engaged in the voting. So they went with this approach, which is done fairly common in my association experience. It's not uncommon to have a slate. So really, it's just about trying to get a different process because the process was not working. I respect what you're saying as far as it's not right to have 200 people voting and electing members to the board, right? Now, granted, for all intents and purposes, that still isn't changing. If if we still only have 200, 300 people voting for the slate, it's still 200 people approving those members, right? So when you say that the will of the organization as a whole isn't being served, to a degree, I feel like it is because those members that are engaged are the ones that are voting. The members that are not engaged, that just pay their dues and just, that's maybe the, the, the only part they think about with Cedia, they're not engaged. They don't care. So if, if, if it, it's like when you, when you talk about general elections and you guys have one coming up, so luckily I get all of your ads. So thank you for those. Um, if you're not going to vote, if you're not going to participate in the process, then 
I don't care what your view on it is because you didn't even take the time to vote. Am I wrong on this? I, I see I see the point you're making, but when I've been around talking to members, I've talked to now hundreds, probably close to a thousand members in the in the eleven months I've been on board. And every one of them has said that we need to figure out a way to create the next generation of leadership for Cedia and to bring in new voices. And that's an important point that people have stressed to me. And if you only have 200 people doing that voting, you tend to have people voting for names that they know, people who are familiar. What the, cert, what the nominating committee, the governance committee essentially did was they took all of the candidates and they invested, they spent literally hundreds of people hours working on this, getting questionnaires, interviewing them, and really dedicating a lot of time to exploring all of the candidates, which frankly, those 200 people may not have done in that one moment when they're voting. So when they look mm -hmm. at the total picture, spend that time, and Matt, you're on the governance committee, so you know how yep. much time was put into this. Um, they came up with, they realized that there are three people who may never have been raised on the radar in the old system because they just weren't familiar names but they were great names. And there were people who bring new ideas and new blood into this. So we think this is a process worth trying. It was tried before in, in, 90, in uh, 2016 and it resulted in some great candidates. And so it's just uh, one more experiment that we're trying here to increase and evolve Cedia. I like it. Ted, you, you wrote a fantastic article on this and without, without blowing smoke, it was one of the best articles I've seen you write about the organization in all the years I've been involved in New York. Is the major concern here, in your view and all the people that you talked to in, in getting background for this, was is the major concern with the change the fact that members felt that kind of the rug was pulled out from under them, right? All of a sudden it's a slate. They didn't know we were going to a slate. Respectfully, people that are engaged in the org are always very excited when there's any minor change to anything in the way that the org has been doing business. They will get online. They will write massive diatribes about literally nothing. Um, you could change the color of the logo a touch and we'd have the same level of outrage <laughs> as Joe shakes his head for anyone who's not, not watching it. it is this more an, a, an optics thing, a change thing where people feel that a, a change happened and they weren't prepared well enough for it? Uh, it, it? Was it something more? Is it the same? And I know I'm kind of rambling here, but is it also kind of the same thing of like, hey, I've been, I, I've been nominated a couple of times and I haven't made it and now I'm upset? A lot to unpack there. First... I'd like to just 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 to, to to make sure I'm clear on everything. Uh, the host of this event is a current CDA director, former CDA director. Is that right? I am a former board member. I currently sit on governance. One of our guests is a current board member. Is that right? And CEO and global president. I'm actually not a board member. I'm the CEO, but I'm not on the board. Matt's on the governance committee and a past board member. And our other guest is a former. Cedia director, is that correct? Yes. Feeling a little surrounded here, Matt. <laughs> Not at all. Did everybody go through metal detectors before they entered the space? That's what I, I'm hoping. We couldn't have four former board members on. That would be wrong. <laughs> anyway, all, all joshing aside, let's get down to the question. You know, first of all, let me just say that uh, when the first source reached out to me, 
to make me aware of this. I had not been aware uh, of the election coming up. And, um, you know, I guess I had noticed that there was, you know, typically there's a lot of election discussion during the show. And I guess I had noticed that hadn't taken place. Um, there were a lot of things different at, the, at this, year, this year's show, which was a great show, by the way. But there were a lot of things that were different. Um, then I heard from another source and then I started asking around and, and I'm not sure Daryl and the board would see it this way, but actually I'm a little surprised that people cared this much to be upset about it. And I see your point, Matt, on uh, personalizing it. I think we can keep this discussion to the issues and not necessarily mm -hmm. the people. Um, but, um, I think that, I think that, um, this is, this is one of those scenarios where almost I can see where both sides are correct. In other words, uh, I don't I don't think anybody intentionally did anything untoward. Um, but I do think you touched on something, Matt, that I think is very true, which is um, there are a lot of members that don't pay a lot of attention to what CD is doing and don't volunteer as much as they should. Uh, and don't engage as much as they should. But if there's one thing that they that that a lot of them look for, it is the board elections. And even if they don't vote, they're confident there are people on there that are going to get elected that they feel comfortable with. I think the issue that what happened this year was um, the fact that there was a change. The change wasn't announced until it was a fait accompli. Um, and um and that surprised people. And I think the feeling that there's three open seats and you're telling us that there's three candidates to vote for feels a little bit um, not like uh, a, a fair process where I get to choose who I think are the best people. Um, I had people say things to me like, well, do you know if they'll let me write people in? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a slate. So Daryl's right that uh, offering a slate of directors is not uncommon in the association world. Um, I'll take yep. his uh, his judgment. He had uh, said that about 50 percent. I think he said this on the podcast, Daryl, about 50 percent of associations use the slate of slate approach. But in fact, Cedia never used it except for one example. And that one example only happened in the wake of subsuming. UK, CDUK, and, you know, they needed to put together the board, uh, adding in the UK people. And so it wasn't a surprise that that year it was a little bit of a different process. All the other years, for all the other decades, there's always been this defined process. Uh, and that process um, was that you had multiple candidates, that you've reviewed their profiles and you chose who you felt would be a good candidate. And and if you knew one, if you knew somebody that was a candidate and you knew they would be good, you'd be excited about that. And it would be sort of a form of engagement. I, I feel like what has people, you know, there's multiple things I've talked to now. I've talked to probably dozens of people and and everybody has kind of their take on it that they didn't like about it. But um uh, for those that didn't like it. Um, and, and, uh, but I think that part of it was that it was a, it was a surprise and it was an after the fact surprise, not that we're going to do it this way, but we've done it this way. So go ahead and either give it a thumbs up or thumb, thumbs down. Didn't feel like you had much of a choice. And I think, um, you know, um, um, more than anything, um, you know, it's a new administration now and, People are 
kind of watching what's going on. And I mentioned in my article that uh, um, that, um, you know, the issue that that uh, that uh, the head of the governance committee raised, which was the issue of engagement, um, you know, is is it's a challenge for the association. It has been. In fact, Matt, I remember you and I talking about it when you first ran to be a director, um, the lack of engagement yep. and what can we do? I'm not sure this was a good choice for a thing to do. Um, I think this was something that was chosen probably for expediency's sake or, um, uh, you know, or for for, uh, you know, perceived best course sake without any consultation. Um, uh, but not necessarily one that's going to make members feel like, hey, I'm being considered. They asked my opinion. Uh, you know, I think that there's it's a I think that uh, that the the governance committee and the board sort of stumbled into accidentally, if you will, maybe, you know, giving everybody the benefit of the doubt accidentally stumbled into an age-old problem that that upsets members with the board, which is that they really don't listen to us and they really don't ask our opinion. And, you know, um, as one of the commenters on my website uh, raised the issue, which is if you're upset about 200 people, uh, you know, picking the next board of directors for 3,000 or 4,000 members, well, then why does it make sense for six people to pick the board members for, uh, you know, uh, for 3,000 members or 4,000 members mm -hmm. to deal with? It felt like a mixed message. So the governance committee is made up of um, a minority of board members, uh, one past board member, including Matt, and then fresh voices who have never been on the board, like James Chan of Cords, Talia Bendor of Wall, Wall, um, WallSmart, et cetera. And that's a, this is designed to bring in fresh voices. Now, Ted mentioned that um, about listening to the membership. I think you know I've been listening to the membership for quite some time since I started. I've traveled the world. I have an open email address. My phone number is public. I've heard from, I would say now hundreds, maybe even close to a thousand members. And what they're telling me is they want fresh thinking and they want fresh voices on the board. Now, what, what's not been discussed on this podcast is James, Jen, and Stefan. The three candidates who've been slated, who were who were, who were not known by the governance committee, this was not anybody that they um, knew previously. But they they researched them, interviewed them by panel, and they came up with like these are people who can bring fresh ideas and fresh perspectives to the board. I don't believe they would have been elected uh, under the old process because there was sort of a you know go vote for people who were familiar to you. So I think we are listening to it, and the reason that those you know eight to twelve people. Um, were making those calls as opposed to the 200 to Ted's point is because they literally spent hundreds of hours researching every one of the candidates, talking to every one of the candidates, which is essentially, it's just impractical and impossible for the membership to do. So we presented this slate as is very common. And we think that these three candidates, and I hope we can talk about their qualifications. Um, we think these three candidates are going to be great additions to the board. All that is true and given all that, but that doesn't make the member feel like their voice was heard. That makes them feel like you made the choice for me. And I mentioned that in my article. It felt very paternalistic. You're not engaged, so we'll make the decision for you. And that just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, I understood, Ted. And, and of course, and your article was great because I think people came to you initially with an accusation about bylaws, which you dispelled. You said the, the key point in your article was the dissenters got it wrong, and we were certainly in accord with our bylaws. 
But I do want to remind you that every one of these candidates were submitted by the membership and the membership has ultimate authority to ratify or not ratify the slate. Hmm. You know, my advice would be to review, review the election process and the bylaws, make some thoughts about a fair method to do that. Um, instead of making, uh, instead of pursuing a procedure that makes the members feel like because you're not engaged, we'll do the work for you. It's, it, it may be true. Uh, I mean, you know, I certainly take your word for it, but it doesn't play well to the members. And instead, we need to find ways to get more member engagement. And this has been one of the perennial issues with members is the board would be making all kinds of decisions, you know, selling the show, investing millions of dollars in a new building none of which anybody ever asked members what they felt about that. And and while some members I'm sure are fine with that, I think, you know, that's why I said you sort of unwittingly walked into the same perception, right? And perception is reality of what people have been unhappy about with the association for a few years now. So I, I, I want to preface or, or, or put an addendum on this for, for one second. Um, our closest industry partner is uh, Avixa. They run the Infocom show, they're partners in ISC. They run a slate. They've run a slate for years. Now, I play my personally, my company, we play in both spaces uh, fairly equally. The connection and the engagement that the engaged members have with Cedia is incredibly higher than it is on the Avixa side. The Avixa members, while they may be engaged, it's not as personal um, or, or, or never seems to be as personal as it is for a lot of the CDA members when CDA makes a change. Um, so I find that I find that very interesting from, from a slate side, whereas they've been doing it for years and I have not heard anything from anyone I've talked to on the Avixa side who really has a major issue with it. There's some people who are like, yeah, whatever. I'd be happy to vote for an individual, but yeah, whatever. Um, the CD side, the, the members that are engaged are significantly higher uh, or, or engaged to a, a much greater level. Joe, let, let me bring you in on this because the word that keeps coming up and the thing that we keep tiptoeing around or wading through uh, very quickly, um, splashing all over the place is engagement. And when you and I were, were on the board, when I was leading into trying to get elected to get on the board, et cetera, engagement was a big thing. And I don't know how you take a member that pays their dues, shows up, listens to something, maybe takes a training here or there, goes to the show, and that's their level of engagement versus the ones who will write articles longer than Ted's on Facebook about, again, something that they seem to take very deeply, um, which again is great, but it, it's like having super fans and having the casual fan who won't even buy the baseball cap, right? As an org, as somebody who's been on, you know, almost every committee, and seen the gamut of, of, of all aspects of this. How can we increase engagement so that basically we just have more people engaged, 
but so that if we want to see change or if we want to see something happen, we have the engagement, we have the, um, the membership involved enough to articulate that and not just have the same 20 people ranting online. So, so to preface this, uh, I want to say that a lot of those decisions that uh, Ted was just alluding to, um, which some may have been popular, some may have not. I, I've been involved in almost all of them, from the CDA rebrand to global alignment to the sale of the show. Um, so I, and, and you know, this is this is a, I never got to tell Daryl this, but the seat that uh, the decision makers are on today, I've sat in that exact same seat. I have, as a board member, as a governance committee member, have within our groups voted yes for some things that were deemed unpopular at the time. Um, so, I, you know, I've been in this exact position. Now I just happen to sit on the other side of the table, which makes it kind of interesting. But, um, you know, the, the, the thought for engagement is interesting, um, you know, because uh, Daryl had mentioned the, you know, the 2016 slate which was a byproduct, I was on the governance committee at the time, of the fact that we were going to have to combine two boards for a transitional period. So we were in a transitional period. We, we had no way to hold a global election yet. We had no mechanism for it. We had no member counts. We hadn't even really, um, you know, combined the members as a whole. You know, that was a whole separate thing back then. So that was, even that was unpopular, but the reasoning was there, the why, like we had to do that to push things forward. Um, the engagement portion though, Matt, to get to back what you were saying is very interesting to me um, in that those discussions have happened before. And there's been a lot of cart before the horse concepts in the past um, that were either talked about or even considered up for, you know, a board vote. Um, but the engagement portion, when you say, you know, the last time there was a vote, there were only 200 voters. Okay. I totally find that to be factual. Um, you know, I can go back to those years and say those things, but when you want to engage our members, you know, remember it's, it's an association of, you know, by the members for the members is the fact that you have to put the people there that will get engagement. You know, a perfect example was Peter Aylett. Peter Aylent currently, I think, still holds the record for most votes with 146 votes just for him. And keep in mind that year there were 12 nominees, I believe. So, you know, the engagement mm -hmm. is there when there's the members put forth um, to get those votes. Yeah, I can remember years and years back where we were probably around 500 um, you know, it was a, a really big slate year. I mean, a really big nominee year, by the way, of a bunch of people, people knew there was Haggai, there was um, Murray, there was, there was a lot of people. So, I mean, the engagement can be there, but, um, you know, I, I go back to the, you know, if you want engagement, you, the nominees should be people that have engaged with our members before. Um, that, you know, my only pushback really in all this all came down to the choice. And obviously, having been there since Global Alignment, I understand the need for those regional seats. You kind of have to do that. It was kind of written in the agreement. We have to represent, you know, the entire globe now. But when you break the slate itself down into that regional thing, 
what happens in the UK usually doesn't, um, you know, affect the, the members um, in the US, right? Because we don't have the same kind of governance, the same kind of policies, the same kind of restrictions and certifications. Um, but the, the regional set of the slate, where as a US member, I look at it, there's only one US person and a UK member, although all these people are massively respectful. I mean, you can look through their bios. They're great people. Hands down, yes, mm -hmm. they should be on a nominee list. I cannot take that away from them. Um, the experience of some of the volunteerism, I mean, there's a lot there. But, you know, it, it's that whole what Ted was getting to on, you know, that that freedom of choice and how do you build that engagement? You build that engagement with those discussions and with the research of the nominees and with looking at like just like you were talking about, Matt, you know, we have some U.S. elections coming up is which one of those people best represents me, the, the functionality of my business. Um, you know, one of the people maybe, you know, have 25 employees and operate in 30 states and a guy like that has, you know, the typical 80 percent of CDM membership, less than five guys under two million um, a year, they're going to go, yeah, that person doesn't represent the functionality of my business. The things that they're going to sit at the table and talk about will have zero effect, positively or negatively, um, on my business. They can't relate or represent me. Uh, that's where the problem comes from. And that's where the engagement can get stronger eventually, is looking at the core components of what our membership is how the membership makeup is, and then putting forth nominees based on the actual makeup of our industry. Uh, those are all functions that I know have been looked at before. I know they've been talked about, but you know, that was my own, my, my kind of one of my only personal pushbacks on it was um, I just didn't feel the, you know, the representation there anymore. Now it did create engagement. So I'll give everybody that it, it created engagement. <laughs> Not all of it was Success. good, but it did. It did create some engagement, um, but, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that we'll see, you know, when the vote goes through, uh, we don't know what it'll look like one way or another, you know, how, how that'll turn out only time will tell, but I know, you know, Daryl said publicly that they are going to continually look at this process. And I can appreciate that, that, you know, change for the sake of change is never good. Right. But change when you're looking for an outcome, a strategic outcome on the other side can be very beneficial. We're just not there yet to know if it works or not. And can I say something just about engagement in general? Because I don't want to sell the CDM membership short here. The CDM members are incredibly engaged. This is one area, but it's not the total picture. Ted just wrote an article last week about CDA Expo. And he, I think one of the subheadlines was, was the CDM membership engaged? Absolutely. 300 people coming to a 7.30 meeting to learn about advocacy. I was just in London on Friday, 400 people in a room raising their hand to say that they will go into schools and do outreach to bring people into this industry. This membership is incredibly engaged. It's only this one little aspect of it that the board elections is one that has low turnout, but please don't paint the CDM membership as disengaged because this is the most, I've worked in nonprofits and associations my whole career. This is one of the most actively engaged and passionate people industries I've ever worked with. Daryl, let, let's and, and let's wrap this up um, across the board. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I did want you to touch on for a second, if you can, 
was something that, uh, heck, I heard it when I was on the board, that how dare you, you people, make a decision without consulting the membership. And I I think I'd been on the board for, for like three months and I was out doing a, a, a press event at one of the buying groups out in Dallas, I think. And I'm sitting down having, having lunch with a, a group of integrators who I knew no one. And the, the organizers would not print me a badge, even though I was there for AV nation doing press, they refused to print me a badge that did not say CDA board of directors. Now I wasn't there in that capacity, which is why I didn't want that on my badge. You sit down with that badge, you hear it very quickly. <laughs> Been on for three months and gosh, all of them unloaded on me. These are all, uh, or at the time, there were a bunch of dealers out of um, Southern California and man, did they have some opinions on and on and on about how they weren't consulted on this and they weren't consulted on that. And they were upset about this and they were upset about that to the point where I kind of looked at everybody and said, all right, I, okay, sure. Like make me a list. That's fine. We'll, we'll, I'll take it back and we can talk about it some more, but make me a list. At some point we, and again, at the time I was on the board, we, as the board have to make some decisions and we, and I mean this with all due respect, we cannot consult people on every single decision we make. I've been a business owner for 20 years. I do not ask my you know, first year apprentices, what they think we should be doing corporately from supply chain situations. It, it, it just like, sometimes decisions have to be made. The complaint I always hear, um, with really any organization, but specifically with CDA, cause we're talking about CDA is that they don't ask us enough. They don't ask for our, our, our input enough. I know that the staff will send out mass, not, not massive, but a large number of, um, questionnaires or responses for comment and get at times, not a lot of response. At some point we have to just continue to move forward and we can't ask for opinions on everything. How do you balance that? It's a great question. And of course, and I know you're Canadian, but you know, as in all of our governments, whether North or South, uh, we, we, have represent, we have representational democracy. So sometimes we have to make, um, in, in the US, we have each member of Congress represents 700,000 people, has to make decisions in real time, can't always consult 700,000 people. In, in nonprofit organizations, you have a board that can make decisions on behalf of its membership. But we have to listen to the membership. So I think we know what I've done. Um, I, someone said to me at Expo, your accessibility is legendary. I hope that's true, but I've made my, my, my email and phone number public. I get all sorts of incoming from members. We've taken a lot of those inputs and I've taken a lot of that advice and implemented that. We also have done a lot of research, not just with members, but with non-members. You don't understand why someone doesn't join an association by doing a member survey. You survey the non-members. So we've done some focus groups, non-members to see what is missing, what, what offerings do we need to do? So there's a lot of listening. This board is very intent on listening to the membership. I think you saw some of the board members involved in this decision uh, being very reticent, going back to the membership and saying, trying to explain their positions 
and even apologizing for, for ways that things were worded that may have been hurtful. So it's all about listening. It's all about two-way communication. I always say this, but if you'll allow me, CEO at CD.org is the, is the email address. I read every single email. I answer everyone. We actually did a voting uh, email on the ballot. So you can, and I answered every one of those emails as well. So it's, it's about having a board to be able to act in real time and make decisions. But of course, it's about listening to the membership. And I hope we'll continue to do that effectively. And I want to respond to your question directly. I don't think that members are asking to be engaged on every single decision the board makes. I think they understand. I'm going to send you some of the emails I, I've gotten. <laughs> Look, I've become kind of the CEDIA complaint department. So I'm hearing it all the time. Um, and I think, but I think they feel like they're getting, you know, typically what happens is the board comes up to, you know, is looking at something, looking at a decision. Each individual board member calls three or four people they know and they ask their opinion. Uh, my recommendation to the association is to every once in a while, uh, on a fairly regular basis, maybe once a month, pick, pick two or three things, put it out there for a non-binding uh, 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 referral vote, if you will, uh, ratification vote, non-binding, um, but uh, uh, on and anything that's you know reasonably significant, just to get a broader feedback rather than just your personal network that each of the board members have. I've often said to people, no, they do talk to members, but board members tend to just call two or three people they know that are maybe thoughtful that they can get some perspective from. The membership does feel disengaged and they feel like uh, most of the members that I talk to, uh, and I don't talk to all of them, obviously, but I but I uh, talked to quite a few over the course of a year and they feel like they don't care what I think anyway. They're just going to do what they want to do. They shouldn't have that feeling. If you can say, well, look, uh, you know, uh, how many of the uh, uh, surveys we sent out have you responded to? You, you can kind of put it back on them. But right now they feel disengaged. They feel like you don't care what they think and you're going to do what you want to do without their thought. And so, if you're going to change the rules and how we do our, our election process, I don't think that anybody is saying you can't do that. I think it's like everything. It's not just not only what you do, but how you do it. So put it out there for a ratification vote. We're thinking about changing. We're thinking about going to a slate process. That will make it easier for you. You won't have to review a dozen candidates and, you know, try to decide on your own and whatever it is, whatever the, whatever the reasoning or whatever the thinking behind it is. I mean, you know, uh, in my article, I quoted word for word, uh, what Jamie Breesmeister said, which that, uh, she was, she was elected under the old system. But now it was time for her to conduct election, and she realized that the bylaws and the charter were very confusing and blah, 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 whatever it was, uh, and, and made it difficult. Well, if that's true, then change the bylaws and change the charter and then communicate to the membership you're going to do that and let them have a say in it. Again, not every operational decision the board's involved in, but as much as possible, every so often, a ratification vote will help them feel more engaged. I feel, and I think I said this to you, Daryl, I don't remember if I did or not. I feel part of the reason for the lack of engagement, and I'm hearing it a lot on this issue that's come up, is um, there's a lack of trust. I think if that we built uh, more trust uh, from the membership into the association and that they are really, truly looking out for the membership and, 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 overt ways that they're doing that, looking out for the membership, will build trust 
And then if you build trust, that will build engagement. Uh, you know, that's my two cents worth. I think Ted something, said something very important, which is that he's become the CD complaint department. So when you do that, you understand that you're going to be getting a, one side of the story. No one's going to call you to say, I think the slate is great. But we have gotten a lot of emails and people calling us saying, this is a good idea. These people are phenomenal. Even one of the commenters on your post at the end said, wow, this slate, is, I've been a member 25 years. The slate is great. I believe in this process. So understand there are a lot of members who like this approach. There are a lot of members who are voting for it. And so we don't, you know, I understand when people go to a certain place to air their con complaints, that's not necessarily broadening, that's not necessarily a position of the entire membership. What I would say to the listeners and viewers of this is go to thecidia.net slash vote, look at those three candidates, James Ratcliffe, Jen Mallett, and, and Stefan Goodview. If you, you will not find anything wrong with those candidates, they're exceptional people. I encourage you, I'm not gonna tell you how to vote, but I encourage you to vote. We want to make sure there's good participation and seated membership is engaged like they are with everything else in this process. And, and you know, you know, one of the things is, as you look at it in, in a typical marketing fashion, is that it only takes one bad review to destroy a hundred good ones, right? Like that's your, your mm -hmm. typical makes sense. All you got to do is have one complainer and all of a sudden a hundred attaboys no longer count. But on the, on the, one of the things you said, uh, Daryl, that to me is always unique you said, you know, our members are engaging. Mm, our industry is engaging, not necessarily our members. It's our industry as a whole. Uh, when you look at, there was almost 12,000 people in attendance at Expo, but there's technically right around only 3,000 member companies um, globally. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, our industry as a whole is very engaging. There are a lot of people that are not members. I think they should be, but that's my personal opinion. But, you know, there are there are a lot out there and they're all engaging. There's people that are, as a matter of fact, not even members that volunteer for, for CDS. So you have all of those kind of things involved in that, you know, the overall look of the industry. So, yeah, they, they are very engaging. Um, I wish members would be a little more engaging on on certain things. You know, I was glad, Daryl, that you brought up the legislative breakfast. That was like one of the most well-attended, double-sold-out uh, morning events mm -hmm. that have ever happened in Expo history. So, I mean, the engagement is there. It's just getting people to pay attention to some other stuff, too. Well, it, it's it's like anything. There's all there's always room for improvement. Um, all right, let's let's leave it there. Let's wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us today. Ted, if people want to connect with you, learn more about strategy.com, where can they do that? Uh, that's the best place, strategy.com, S-T-R-A-T-A hyphen G-E-E.com. Excellent. Mr. Whitaker, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Origin Acoustics, where can they do that? Oh, they can always find me on whatever socials at uh, Joe Whitaker, or I always, you know, nobody ever does this, give out my email just like Daryl did, Joe at OrangeAcoustics.com. Um, and you can hopefully, you know, find me on continual stuff with Matt Scott. I, I continually give that to every sign up I, I see online. <laughs> um, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us. I, I really appreciate your time for this. Um, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Cedia, if they want to go and vote and, and, and ratify the slate uh, or not ratify the slate, however you want to go, um, where do they do that? Cedia.net is our website. Cedia.net slash vote is the voting site. Give me a call, 317-912-1297. 
I like talking to members. I love hearing from members. I learn a lot from all of you. Um, it's always, it's, this is how we listen. This is how we learn. This is how we do better. I, I am going to applaud you for that again. I think I did it the last time you were on. Um, I own a business and I don't want to give out my phone <laughs> number or my personal email. Um, but yet you are incredibly accessible, which is that in itself is such a massive change within the org. I, I love to see it uh, after all my years of being uh, involved. Uh, but thanks again for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to connect with me and send me the aforementioned hate mail, you can do that on Twitter at Matt D. Scott, because that way everybody else gets to see it too. Uh, and most other social platforms, but more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as a well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resident Evil.